Hi everyone, welcome to the Local Bites podcast. I'm Amin Yazdani, your host. It's not easy to start and run a local restaurant. There's a big upfront investment, tight margins, and lots of hard work. Some might say you need to be a little bit crazy to run a successful restaurant. Yet we all know amazing local entrepreneurs who take on this challenge every day. These people make our local communities stronger. Every week, I host one of these amazing people to share their story. So Joshua, uh, tell us about the inspiration behind starting Immunity Juice Bar and how you came up with the concept of combining a juice bar with a co- cocktail bar experience? Well, I, my background was in cocktail bars, pretty much every type of bar ever since I was 19 years old. I'm 32 now. Um, I've just been, I've been working in different styles, anywhere from the local dive bar to the highest end speakeasy. And I started to notice throughout my career that uh, alcohol could be damaging to people. Yeah. And I, in the back of my mind, I, I was always wanting to do something that brought a lot more value to people's health because I enjoy the conversations. I enjoy meeting people and, and hearing their stories and getting to know them. But over time, I, I realized that I was kind of hurting them in a way, mm-hmm. you know, as, and they saw it as me helping them. Every time I made a cocktail menu, it was always with fresh pressed juice or, you know, homemade ingredients. I tried to never use bottled ingredients. Mm-hmm. I, if, you know, if, if, if it was strawberry, it was fresh strawberry. If it was cucumber, fresh cucumber juice. And I was, every time I made these juices, I was always like, well, wouldn't it be funny if I just started a juice bar? <laughs> and uh, I got the opportunity. I was living in New York City and the pandemic happened and kind of upended everyone and the whole industry. And my hometown of Miami, Florida, everything seemed to be back open and everybody was working and nothing was shut down. And almost like the country was just normal there. And when I came down to visit my family during that time, so I wanted to be closer to my family and I moved back down and I worked for about a year as a bar manager for a a husband and wife restaurant. The chef was well known in Miami and he opened up his own restaurant with his wife and broke away from his partners in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. And I did his bar program for a year and worked closely with them and was doing pretty much the same. I was juicing uh, out of a cold pressed juice machine. I was using a Vitamix blender. Uh, I was using local ingredients and I was speaking with the owner's wife one day before we, we started service and we were, I kind of made that same joke again. And I was like, why don't I just start a juice bar? <laughs> and, and, uh, as like a side hustle, on my days off from that restaurant job, I was making ginger juice at home uh, and bringing it around to the local downtown area of Hollywood and Hollywood, Florida, 
and I was with I walked around with a with two liter bottles of it in like a tote bag from Trader Joe's and I had little shot cups disposable mm-hmm. shot cups and a square reader and my phone and I was walking around asking people if you know they wanted to a health shot and I started calling it health shots and I would I eventually brought on turmeric as well and I would mix the two together and people loved it and I saw that there was a need for it in my community and there isn't actually a juice bar in the downtown Hollywood area and I always wondered why because it's such a busy area and people do seem you know like they care about their health here so uh, I'm through selling those shots I met my partners and they offered me a space to open up and and here we are today that is awesome that is awesome so th- that partnership that collaboration partnership seems to be a key part of the the business tell us about your partnership you you have partnership with elixir kava bar and uh, panther coffee so take me through that um you mentioned how it became uh, possible right now but like what is the nature of that partnership so uh with my background in cocktail making um our elixir and i came to our investors with this idea with a pitch that we can start a place that's like a bar but does not have alcohol in it and you know a place where people can even come and and you know like buy some thc products you know, Delta 8, Delta 9, a uh, place where they could just come and hang out and work and they are not surrounded by that whole alcohol culture, but it still feels like it's a bar, like Cheers or something. Yeah. And while my friend Adam and I prepared for this meeting and, you know, I brought my knowledge, he brought his knowledge and we came together and created a menu for, just for Elixir, the Kava part. And I had an idea to just put my juice bar in the same space as, as Elixir and we share the bar and I share the, the morning times and then close somewhere in the afternoon and they continue on through the night. This way we could utilize the space, you know, as much as, you, as we possibly can. And it's kind of tight, but it works. And I have extended my hours from... I used to be open until 4 or 5 p.m. And there was such a need for what I was doing. Then people kept asking more and more every time I was closed while the Kava bar was open. So now we're open till 11 p.m. That's amazing. And and up until 11, people are coming and getting, you know, fresh pressed juice, smoothies, you know, ginger shots instead of, you know, pounding down three or four tequila shots. So they feel, you know, like they're getting, you know, they're, they're helping their health and they're getting that experience where they get to be around their friends in that setting, but it's not damaging. Tell me a little bit more about the settings. I think that's, that's an, an interesting concept is that the people want to go to bars because it has that social aspect of aspect of life that the cheers experience that you mentioned people want to go to the bars to get that type of experience but of course they don't want to necessarily damage their their health and like a lot of people now know that um 
beyond certain point, alcohol could could damage uh, damage health, and like that's the that's the trade off that a lot of people are sort of. Uh, dealing with and trying to figure out what is the, what what's the the right trade off there. Tell me, take me through that experience and like, how do you create that that place, that space for people uh, to come and enjoy, have that overall experience that they could get in a bar, but like be more healthy. So, our partners are actually from New York and. When we were talking about building out the space, we agreed that we wanted something very West Village, like mm-hmm. neighborhood bar type of place. And we have a backyard and we were speaking about having a garden and we actually do have a garden now. Uh, we have a lot of other ideas that still haven't been implemented yet, but you know, we're, we're still new and, and we're trying to work out the kinks that we have, but our space was inspired by the West Village of New York. And we have a really cool epoxy floor that's like lime green. Yeah. And when we moved into the space, it was unpolished and there were scratches and there was like holes in it. And we hired a company to come in and fill the holes and polish everything and repaint and make it brand new. So now it really pops when you come in. Um, Our tables and chairs, like all pretty much come from Wayfair. (laughs) But (laughs) but, uh, I remember us coming together before we opened and helping each other like put the couches together because they come in different pieces, almost like Ikea. And I like our design, our style. It's it it's very warm. The walls are painted black and then you have that bright green floor and mm-hmm. all of the furniture is kind of wood or rust colored. So it, you walk in and you feel very warm and welcomed uh, no matter what time of day it is. And we have giant windows in the front and you know, the Florida sun is so beautiful during the day when it comes in. And at nighttime we have, we have these cool light fixtures all over the place and they're like the Edison bulb light fixtures. So when the sun starts to go down and it gets dark outside, it looks really nice in there. It's very warm. So we wanted a place that people felt like, you know, they wanted to actually spend more than 20 minutes in, you know, somewhere they could come and work for two, three hours. You know, some people stay there all day for like eight hours. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Like creating a bar, that people can come and work from. I think that's that's an interesting concept. And that's like the fact that you've been successful for people to come there and like be there for eight hours. Of it's 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 amazing. So tell me, I, I think you have built a very very unique and memorable experience for your customers through the location, through you know, the the design that you've just just mentioned and explained to us. But what are the other strategies that you have used to create a memorable experience for the customers what how do you keep those customers coming back more it starts from our menu and what we serve to people uh every time i create a drink i have nostalgia in mind so something that will remind them of their childhood you know or you know memorable moments in their life 
And I think that has, that's a big thing that has to do with like getting that experience is like emitting nostalgia, you know, from the menu, from the little accents, like we have like bright green eco-friendly straws. I put flowers in every single one of my drinks as a garnish and anybody from like, you know, the cutest little girl mm -hmm. to like the manliest man of, you know, they all break down in a smile. And, and that's, you know, I feel like it's the little details and, you know, <laughs> and all the way to your menu that helps people feel that way. Also the service, the, the types of people that we hire and that work with us. I like to say they work with us and not for us. Uh, I like to treat my people as if they're family, you know, and yeah. I don't like to work them too much. You know, if they need a break, I give them a break. You know, I like, I give them freedom to do what they need to do so that they could come and show up, you know, exactly how they and I want them to, you know, Absolutely. And so th this is the interesting thing. You, you, you tap on, you, you, you mentioned your, your menu. I want to go into that and more generally the concept as well. So consumers are becoming more and more health conscious. And that's something that we are seeing. We're experiencing it. But there has been studies on food consumption trends in the U.S. And 63% of Americans say that they try to eat healthy almost always. Uh, and 93% uh, actually say that they uh, want to eat healthy at least some of the time. So it's it's not that people want to be damaging their body. So tell me about that unique ways that the immunity juice bar is trying to improve that health of the, the local communities that you're part of. Yeah, so uh, we have a make your own fresh press juice category where they for $12, they get 16 ounces of any combination that they'd like, and they choose up to five ingredients. So everything on that ingredient list is beneficial for you in some way. And I don't add any sugar whatsoever to anything, not even the smoothies. Uh, I do add honey, and I make sure that it's local mm -hmm. Florida honey. I read an article a long time ago about how the honey that you use has to be local because the pollen that the bees, you know, extract when they create the honey, uh, with the same pollen that you're breathing, you know, in your local environment, that all the antiviral antibacterial components of that honey uh, get into full effect because you know, you and the bees are consuming the same, breathing the same thing. So I use honey yeah. in, as a sweetener for, and for my smoothies. And I have a lemonade section that uses monk fruit instead of sugar to sweeten it up. And I found monk fruit a few years ago, one of my friends introduced it to me. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever because, you know, it's made from a fruit um, and it's delicious, just like sugar. And it doesn't, you know, make, bring up your glycemic index. You know, it's good for diabetics. 
Um, it's good for your liver. So you could have that sweet component without having that refined sugar component to it. That's interesting. One, one point I wanted to go a little bit deeper to, Josh, uh, um, is the, the locally sourcing. So you mentioned the health benefits of locally sourcing your um, your honey. And, and that's like very, very interesting to, to hear that. But has there been any benefits of locally sourcing your ingredients for your business? And if so, what, what has been uh, the, the, those benefits? Yeah, so we source all of our ingredients within 50 miles of the store. In South Florida, we're very close to Homestead, which is a giant farming, like Mecca, if you will. And I think the benefits, you know, are in the taste, the quality of the product that you're getting. Uh, I noticed that because we get our strawberries from Florida, you know, where we are, like very rarely will one or two strawberries have a little fuzz on it. You know, a little, you know, like it's interesting, like how when things travel such long distances, it, you know, it kind of breaks down the, the quality of it. It doesn't taste as, as prominent. Like everything we have tastes extremely fresh and is like the strongest taste for that taste, you know, like almost like, like when things are in season, you know, like when in the summertime, strawberries are in season, so they're extremely perfumey and, and like succulent and sweet. Yeah. And it almost tastes like everything is in season all of the time. Yeah. Like you've had blueberries from Canada, you know, like, and then you had blueberries from Mexico and you've had blueberries from where you are and you, it just tastes better. And what about the, your customers? How, how do they respond to the fact that you're locally sourcing your every ingredient within 50 miles of the store? They love it. And they're surprised that we're not priced higher. <laughs> That's, they're surprised that like, I try and price everything fairly so that we could reach a wider audience of people that are, you know, the whole point of this is to help people, not to make like a quick buck off of people. And uh, people love the fact that we source everything locally. And that's a big, you know, statement that comes when we're, I'm getting into a conversation with a new guest of mine, yeah. you know, oh, and they always, they almost always mention if they're from Florida homestead and it makes them happy. So it's great. That is awesome. And is there any difference with, with people that are health conscious that they care more about this? Or is that like everybody cares about their local, uh, local farms, their local communities, local economies? I think eventually, you know, we'll get to a point where everyone cares about it once they're knowledgeable about it. But, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You know, everyone cares about the earth and, you know, in their own way and they care about themselves, you know, but, you know, it just isn't the time yet to, to have those thoughts, but I, eventually you have those thoughts and, you know, 
you want we everyone wants what's best for the world and for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I hope everyone does at least. Yeah, well, of course, that's that's the hope, and I think I think that the human nature is that we want the good thing for for each other. Change of gears, Joshua. I want I want to go back to the starting points, like when you were the early days of Immunity Juice Bar, when we, we were trying starting that. And the reason is that starting a business from scratch is challenging. We all know that. So, what were a couple of the obstacles that you faced trying to get the immunity juice bar up and running well in the beginning Mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot of money um and it was hard for me to pay for labor so i worked you know all of the hours for a little over a month straight and without a break and Eventually, one of my friends that loves me saw, you know, the circles under my eyes and was like, <laughs> dude, if you need, I'll just come in one or two days for you. And he was the first employee that I got. <laughs> and I actually, yeah, he, his name's Brian. He's very nice. Um, and he doesn't work with me anymore, but that's a whole different story. But we're still really good friends. But um, yeah, like, it's just when you're starting a business and you know you want to make your investors happy and you want to make you know you want to put money in your own pocket i think it's inevitable that you're going to put in those hours and i i just did a a recap of my hours since i started cuz i've been recording them and i hit a thousand hours this week Wow, that's a uh, lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't pay myself, you know, any hourly. So if you can take a thousand and multiply it by what you think you're worth per hour, then that's how much money I saved up my business. And you know, I I continued to work as an hourly employee and you know, I think my time could be useful in other ways, um, like getting, you know, getting different types of clientele to come by, finding new ways to, you know, improve the menu. And I think it's getting to that point right now, but in the summer in South Florida is notoriously slow. So even to this, this day, I'm still working at least 40 hours a week behind the bar, not just not talking about you know mm-hmm. answering emails and ordering and going and picking up produce and that's uh, that's not even you know so I am pulling a lot of hours but I think the hardest is starting with low capital and trying to make it work um, I was very lucky that after two weeks of being open I was able to pay back for you know, all of the machines that I bought, like the Vitamix and the cold press and all of those machines. And uh, now to this day, we are a profitable business and uh, we have happy employees and uh, they're coming up with their own, you know, but 
definitely the hardest thing in the beginning was the labor, right? And I took it upon myself to make sure that I stepped up and I still do to this day. It's, it's not easy, um, you know, coming into your own business and trying to be, you know, happy with a positive attitude. I think the secret is to take two days off in a row every single week if you are going to do it and make sure that you, you know, you take care of yourself because, you know, like that month and a little bit over a month in the beginning, I mean, it was really hard on my friends, my, you know, my girlfriend, um, and I was not the same Josh that I always are, you know, always, um, uh, I was mm-hmm. kind of beaten down because of all that work and stress. And, you know, I want to come into immunity you know, with that same positive energy that I'm trying to emit to the world, you know. Exactly. If you're not healthy yourself, how do you want to make other people that are coming to immunity healthy, right? Exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly. So I, I want to go a little bit deeper on the employee side. Brian, your first employee, he, he joined you. He just relieved you from, from some of those pain that you mentioned. And you also mentioned that the labor has always been a challenge. Um, finding and retaining good employees can be, can be and, and it is, a crucial aspect of running any successful business, more so in, in, a, in a food and beverage side. Uh, what strategies have you employed to really attract and really select the right people for your team? As far as selecting, I, I kind of had had this system uh, ever since I started managing bars. Uh, it's like a 10 minute kind of interview on what, mm-hmm. what kind of person they are. And I'll put them in a situation that is extremely difficult. And I will ask them what yeah. They think the right thing to do is. And you could kind of get to know someone within the first five, ten minutes yep. just by asking the right questions. Um, and I think that is definitely an important thing to do when you're finding people. Kind of test them and see if you put them in a horrible situation, if they'll come out of it in the mm-hmm. right way or in the best way that they possibly can. Uh, and then as far as retaining people, I like to, you know, include my employees in every decision that I make. I don't like to make some decision and then tell them, Hey, this is what it is. You know, I'll sit with them and kind of mull it all over and figure out, you know, is this even a good idea to you? Like, do you have any ideas to make it better? And ultimately it comes, it comes out as like a beneficial thing to me where I would have forgotten about, you know, something and they bring it up. And it's really interesting. Um, if you're inclusive and you're, a kind person and you're not, you know, a boss, but a leader, then it'll work into your favor. 
You know, like if you come at it with, you know, a good heart and in the right way, then usually it works out. Thank you so much for, for that. Finally, I want to ask you for one final question. What word of wisdom or advice would you give to an aspiring restaurant or coffee shop or a bar owner who wants to start their own journey? What, what would you tell them? What's, what should they really pay attention to? Follow your gut. I think that every time you have that gut feeling, it's because the back, like in the back of your mind, there you know that something's right or wrong and i think that's probably the the best piece of advice i could give anyone not even just in business but in life itself the your mind is telling you that for a reason and you need to follow your gut because you know i mean obviously not you know not if there's something harmful or <laughs> anything like that but but you know take a step back and look at why you're feeling that and you know i think that's probably it's probably the best thing that i can say absolutely and that's that there's a big big truth to that joshua thank you so much joshua for for really sharing your time and knowledge with our listeners and to everybody that's listening to this episode, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Local Bites. We hope that this conversation left you feeling inspired and equipped to tackle your own challenges. Join us again next time for more tips, tricks, and insider information from local restaurants and coffee shop owners just like yourself. Until next time. <laughs>